Hello, and welcome to Cream of Caroline, America's most heartwarming casserole lifestyle podcast. I'm your host, Caroline Hatchett. It has been a brilliant break, listeners. I celebrated the holidays with family in Georgia and Florida, hopped over to Thailand for a few weeks of sunshine, and now I am back inspired and in the cold with season three of The Cream. We are centered right here in New York's Greenwich Village the former home of James Beard, who, if you don't know, is one of the most important figures in the history of American cooking. Beard wrote seminal cookbooks, hosted America's first ever television cooking show, helped launch the nonprofit City Meals on Wheels, ran a bi-coastal cooking school, and was hailed by the New York Times in 1954 as the Dean of American Cookery. After his death in 1985, friends, including Julia Child, bought his townhouse on West 12th Street and founded the immensely influential James Beard Foundation. His work taught America to cook and eat with gusto, and in 1955, he published The Casserole Cookbook, which brings us here to the cream and a season full of old school, odd, and classic casseroles that we will explore in the next 10 episodes. Now, one gift Beard in this book will give to us is a clearer sense of what a casserole is and can be. It's one of my favorite parts of the book. Let me read his introduction. Like many of the tastiest dishes served in America today, the casserole is an ingenious European idea with a unique American twist. It all began in France, where peasant families who regard a good meal and a good bank account with almost equal reverence, discovered that inexpensive odds and ends of food acquired an almost miraculous savor when oven-cooked slowly in earthenware pots. Then, American chefs took over and discovered that the French had found out only one of the benefits of this enormously practical dish. There are others. Because it can hold an entire meal in one container, it's a godsend to beginning cooks, harried housewives, and the millions of apartment dwellers who are hampered by tiny modern kitchens and an adequate and cramped serving space. It's perfect for company dinners because the dish can be prepared in advance and in most instances will not suffer if left in the oven until guests struggle into the dining room. It's an ideal work saver because it can be whisked right from the oven to the table and its contents dished out piping hot onto the dinner plates. A particularly beautiful pottery casserole can serve as a magnificent centerpiece to a delightful buffet supper or patio dinner party. And what's more, not only can a casserole give you a delicious meal out of odds and ends, it can provide a variety of ways to cook the fine foods available to the average American housewife. Casserole cooking includes a much wider variety of foods than most people realize. Any food that is normally braised, stewed, baked, or sauteed can be oven prepared. In fact, many foods foods gain by it. A beef pot roast, for example, if tightly covered and cooked slowly in a low oven, will be tender, juicy, and flavorful. Most cereals, rice, corn, cracked wheat, barley, and other grain foods are greatly improved by oven cooking. Rice baked in broth is far tastier than rice boiled or steamed over direct heat. Many rich soups, if cooked slowly in the oven, mellow and blend more thoroughly. Vegetables change their taste and sometimes even their texture in oven cooking cooking, giving added variety to the menu. Many simple fruit desserts become gourmet delights if baked with a wine or liqueur sauce. Finally, and most important, the casserole method tends to stimulate a creative interest in cooking. 
If the cook has even the least amount of imagination, he or she will soon begin to experiment and to invent new twists, adding to the recipe or making up an entirely new combination. At this point, cooking becomes an art and the cook a true artist. I just love the idea, listeners, of casseroles as the convergence of skill, thrift, practicality, good hosting, and creativity. And with that in mind, I'd like to kick off this season with a Valentine's Day meal and a cut of meat and casserole that were completely foreign to me and my kitchen before this week. What's in the oven? Calf's heart. Found on page 27 of James Beard's Casserole Cookbook. That's right, calf's heart, veal heart, baby cow heart, or if you can't find one, a big old cow heart that I got from my neighborhood butcher who brings in two cows and therefore two cow hearts a week. I brought it home, rinsed it, trimmed off any excess fat and tough bits like the ventricles, and from there I made a simple stuffing of two cups breadcrumbs one onion, a half a teaspoon ginger, which I found odd, but included anyway, salt and pepper. I seasoned that heart inside and out with salt and pepper and then stuffed it with the breadcrumb mixture. Now, if your heart was split in two, as mine was, uh, here's where you are going to have to struggle to lasso the damn thing. I have not trust an animal or a piece of meat properly since culinary school, which is a long time ago. Uh, so my heart looked like a bad S and M experiment, but that's okay. I did my best. Uh, and it, and it did hold together. I coated the heart at this point in flour and I browned it on all sides in fat in a heavy cast iron skillet. From there, I transferred it to a casserole dish with one cup of wine and one cup of beef stock. Now you want to make sure that comes up to a simmer, cover the pot and pop it in to an oven set to 350 degrees. Now you're gonna wanna cook it for two to three hours. I think probably on the lower end of that, honestly, based on my experience. And uh, with about 45 minutes left, you're going to add uh, six or so quartered carrots and 12 plus adorable cipollini or pearl onions. You're gonna baste it, you're gonna turn it, you're gonna look at it lovingly, This recipe is very time consuming, but I promise it's worth it. And when it's done, you're going to transfer the heart to a platter and cut and remove all of those trussing strings, add vegetables around the perimeter of the heart, and then we're going to thicken the sauce with a 50-50 mixture of softened room temperature butter and flour. We're going to combine those. Uh, It's something that's called beurmonier in French. Uh, James Beard doesn't tell you how to make it, but just trust me, do a 50-50 mixture. And you're going to whisk that in a little bit at a time while the sauce is bubbling and get it just as thick as you want. Taste it. Make sure it's seasoned properly with salt and pepper. Transfer a little bit to the platter and a little bit to a gravy boat for extra portioning. You're going to get that to the table. Cut that heart very thinly. Slice it as you would roast beef and dig in. And that's what's in the oven. Joining me tonight is my very quiet husband, William, and my neighbor, Norma Courier. It's dinner time. So, Bray's beef heart, whose stuffing has fallen out. <laughs> I don't know how to trust very well, I don't think. And a beet salad with mayonnaise and eggs. What are your thoughts, Norma? 
I was pleasantly surprised by the heart because it really tastes like regular beef to my mind. Yeah, just I think a little bit. I can smell the iron, I think. I can taste it just a little bit. But it really did just cook like a beautiful little pot roast. And it looks like a pot roast. Yeah. So it's very pretty. Yeah. And so the veggies are very good. Okay. I haven't tried the veggies yet. Mm. Mm-hmm. Now, we are on 9th Street and 6th Avenue. And James Beard lived on 13th, is that right? Or 12th? 12th. 12th. 12th Street between 6th and 7th. Yes? Yes, I always thought it was between 5th and 6th, but everyone now says it was 6th and 7th. Now, how long have you lived in the neighborhood, Norma? Forever. <laughs> how long is forever? 82 years. 82 years? Oh my goodness. Okay, so did you have James Beard sightings? I did. I had quite a few because he shopped where I shopped. Um, I shopped at Belducci's. Uh, I did not see him at Belducci's frequently. He much preferred Jefferson Market that was down the block. Now, what was Jefferson Market? Did that have anything to do with the library or no? No. No. Okay. Uh, it did not. Um, it's because I think that the courthouse was the Jefferson Courthouse and at some point when they opened early on and whenever they opened, they just took the name. Okay. What was special about Jefferson Market? You were served. Ah. You walked in and you gave your order and the owners would run around and get everything you wanted. If you wanted oatmeal, which was up on the top shelf, he would go up on the little ladder and take down the oatmeal. Mm -hmm. um, I never bought meat there, so I have no recollection of the meat department, but they must have had one. Um, Where would James Beard have gotten a beef heart in the 1950s in this neighborhood? Otto Minnelli's. Okay. There were four or five meat markets on, on Bleecker Street. Now they're just two, right? There's Florence, which is not quite on Bleecker, it's on Jones. Okay. And Otto Minnelli's are the only ones left. Okay. But there was Nicole's and I don't remember. Only because I saw photos of it today on my grapevine. Like, um, but otherwise, there were four or five markets. There were two. There were three fish markets, but I never saw him in any of those. I okay. just saw him at Jefferson, and Jefferson Market did have fish. Okay, but the beef heart likely would have come from Ottomanelli's. I would think so. I don't remember Balducci's carrying it, unless it was something you ordered. Right. And perhaps then from Jefferson Market, he might have ordered it. But I suspect out of Vanellis. Okay. Or one of the other markers that were on Bleeker. Okay. Well, this is really pleasant. I did, I've only eaten, I think, beef heart in the context of a skewer at a Japanese restaurant, I think. Mm. It's just like pot roast. But I feel like I've conquered it. Mm-hmm. You did. <laughs> <laughs> Very If you want to make stuffed calves heart or beef heart for a loved one this Valentine's Day or any time, first start practicing your trussing skills, clear your calendar, and plan to take a half day off work. You're going to need it. You'll also need the full recipe, which you can find on Instagram at Cream of Caroline. And as a side note, those thinly shaved leftovers make bomb sandwiches and scrambled eggs. 
Now we're going to be back soon with our first official episode of the season, chef guests and casserole news. I hope you can join me as we explore the culinary world of James Beard and the American casseroles of the 1950s. It's going to be creamy.